Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Monday, October 30th. On this date in 1974, Muhammad Ali knocked out George Foreman in the eighth round of a 15-round bout. The fight was known as the Rumble in the Jungle. On this date in 1975, the New York Daily News ran an unusual headline, Ford to City, Drop Dead. It was a story about President Gerald Ford saying he would veto any proposed federal bailout of New York City. And for your morning, y'all, trivia question, on this date in 1938, a radio broadcast of a play called War of the Worlds caused a national panic because people thought it was a real news broadcast about an alien invasion. Can you name the famous actor-director behind that broadcast? I'll have the answer coming up. But first... Let's get a look at that Monday forecast over at the First Alert Weather Center. And good Wednesday morning to you. Cool start out the door, but not as chilly this morning as recent days. And you'll probably notice for a lot of you a few more clouds in the sky. Overall, still lots of sunshine today. Very small chance of a shower blowing in from the ocean. Most of you will stay dry. High temperatures this afternoon, the upper 70s to around 80 degrees. Morning lows rest of this week in the low 60s. High temperature tomorrow around 80 degrees. 81, partly cloudy on Friday. All sunshine. Sunshine this weekend. Highs in the low 80s. Next week will be warm on Monday. Right now, it looks like we could be cooling down, though, for Halloween with dry weather on Tuesday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Life 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. We now know the name of the inmate found dead in his cell at the Charleston County Jail. The coroner has identified the inmate as 42-year-old Quinn Connor. Officials say he died just after noon on Monday. The state law enforcement division was asked to investigate after Connor was found unresponsive. And after attempts to try to wake him, other inmates tried to save him while they waited for help. EMS and North Charleston firefighters got on scene where they declared Connor dead. A former Berkeley County Sheriff's deputy is now out on bond after being charged with third-degree assault and battery. According to the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, back in January of 2022, 61-year-old Randall Timmons was trying to arrest a man for failure to stop for blue lights when the suspect refused to get on the ground. SLED says that's when Timmons reportedly tased the suspect and kicked him twice before pulling the suspect from the ground by his hair. Timmons was booked at the Hill Finkley Detention Center and was released on a $5,000 bond. The Berkeley County Sheriff's Office and a current deputy are facing a lawsuit in connection to a 2020 traffic stop arrest. Maurice Grant filed that lawsuit claiming that he was driving when Corporal Stephen Worley pulled him over. Grant claims during that stop, Worley pointed a gun at him and detained him, saying there was a warrant for his arrest. Court documents show Worley handcuffed, searched, and pushed Grant into his law enforcement vehicle. Grant's attorney says the warrant leading to his arrest was for another person with the same name. The lawsuit claims Grant's Fourth and Fourteenth Amendment rights against illegal search and seizure were violated. He also alleges assault and battery, false arrest, and imprisonment, and negligence by the sheriff's office, which has declined to comment on that suit. Recent controversy surrounding the Charleston County School District Board of Trustees has grabbed the attention of some local mayors and state representatives. Our Caitlin Ashbaugh sat in yesterday with those leaders for a discussion on putting education before personal interests. 
transparency, stopping micromanagement, and changing the way critical decisions are made. Those are just a few of the recommendations state and local leaders asked CCSD to implement in their future proceedings. North Charleston City Hall hosted a dozen of community members along with Mayors Keith Summy, John Tecklenburg, and Will Haney, as well as SC House Rep Joe Bustos. The group spent time addressing what they call, quote, missteps from the board related to transparency, differences between members and the alleged influence of personal beliefs and secrecy in decisions. CCSD board members have been in the hot seat for nearly a month now. Disagreements from the past few months over a lack of transparency and accountability have since created a rift between the board and its communities. Leaders say it not only creates a, quote, crisis in confidence, but places a, quote, black eye over a hard-earned community and economic reputation. We don't need to be wasting time and energy and money on these kinds of issues when we should be about the business of educating our children and having the confidence of our educators and our citizens. Two of the nine board members did provide comments on the meeting. Darlene Roberson called the leader's statements, quote, spot on, agreeing with the idea of creating a supermajority vote amongst the group to create better communication and compromise. Earl Temple added she'd like to see better distributed leadership roles and legal advice from experts on CCSD policies. Leaders say the ideal path moving forward consists of collaboration and accountability from both the board and the community itself. In North Charleston, Caitlin Ashbaugh, Live 5 News. With English, math, and science scores sitting below state level by at least 20% or more, some folks in Colleton County Schools say the school district has a lot of work to do. The percent of students from last year's graduating class who are currently enrolled in a two- or four-year college or university decreased by about 2%. Across the entire report card, the only rates that are above the state average are student and teacher participation, both exceeding 90%. Officials within the district say they will release a statement on the concerns after speaking with Superintendent Jessica Williams. Today, the neighborhood of Carnes Crossroads in Goose Creek is getting ready for a groundbreaking event that they say is taking the concept of community living to a whole new level. Carnes Crossroads is in the process of developing 11 acres into an agri-hood experience for the community. Live Five's Destiny Kennedy's live in Goose Creek at that site of the development. So, Destiny, what's the goal of this project and how is it going to benefit folks in the area? Katie Shelby, officials say that adding a farm within the community is an enhanced level of sustainability. Agrihood amenities include blending sustainable agriculture practices with recreational spaces, creating a unique and vibrant community for residents. Today's groundbreaking is set to give community members an inside look into what's to come with Agrihood experts sharing their vision for the 11 acres of the future crops at Carnes Cross Road. Specifically, the Agrihood farm, which will be developed by freehold communities, will produce a farm share that will be distributed to all of the households within the community. The farm will also host workshops, farm tours, and seasonal celebrations. This will pair well with the already existing farmer's market within the community. Some of the crops residents can expect are blueberries, strawberries and figs. Officials hope to have food growing by the end of 2024. Trip Eldridge, the agrihood designer, explains how these new amenities will connect the community. Our experience living in communities these days is often kind of isolating and having these novel amenities like a farm invites people to come out of their home and get to know their neighbors and have a 
uh, a kind of a common ground experience. The groundbreaking event will kick off at 10 a.m. here at the Carnes Crossroad neighborhood. Reporting live in Goose Creek, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Thank you, Destiny. A revitalization initiative in the St. Stephen area of Berkeley County is making some progress. It comes a year after the approval of a grant worth about half a million dollars. At a community meeting last night, officials provided an update on the Brownfield Grant Initiative to help with environmental assessments on properties throughout the area. Last night, officials said they're currently wrapping up phase one of the project. The properties chosen through the assessments could be redeveloped to provide more job opportunities and quality of life resources throughout the community. Berkeley County Council approved that $500,000 grant to fund those efforts in September of last year. New details in a deadly 2021 Nexton shooting are coming to light as the trial begins. Celine Hernandez is accused of shooting and killing his own wife, Maria de la Cruz Chavaria. In court yesterday, lawyers argued details of that evidence. Prosecutors are looking to use prior domestic reports between the couple and detective testimony from Hernandez's first interview. But the defense is trying to keep out any past reports that could be prejudicial in the trial and raise some questions about Hernandez's testimony due to a language barrier. The trial is expected to last at least a week. A judge has ruled in favor of Live 5, which means the jail calls of a suspected murderer will be released to the public. Ryan Manigo is facing a slew of charges after six people were found dead following a July house fire in the Green Pond community. He's accused of killing them and then setting that house on fire. Yesterday, Manigo's attorneys argued the calls are not public information since a private company works with the sheriff's office to monitor those calls. Attorney Mark Pepper says jails and sheriff's office are public bodies regardless of any private company being involved. We don't know whether the solicitor's office and or uh, the, the Cox County Sheriff's Office is going to find that they are public records from a public body and therefore are subject to FOIA. Pepper says he anticipates that the defendant will make a second attempt to block the disclosure of the records to the media prior to their scheduled release for November 30th. At the beginning of the show, I told you that the 1938 radio broadcast of the War of the Worlds had people thinking aliens had really landed. The man behind the broadcast, which caused an unexpected panic for its realism, was none other than Orson Welles. Celebrating birthdays this Monday, Happy Days actor Henry Winkler, the Fonz, is 78. Actor Harry Hamlin is 72. And Dr. Kevin Pollack is 66. Thanks for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great start to your week. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.